Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass. With me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. This week, we're talking about monogamy and asking the very important question, is it cheating if it's with a sex robot? And we meet the UK's leading female poker player who tells us why learning the tricks of a poker table could help you in life. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour Excel with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Yes, we are going to talk about sex and specifically when you should not be having it. Uh, which is outside of the monogamous agreement you've clearly made. Um, so this comes from a piece written by relationships expert Tammy Nelson this week when she says, actually, we should all be creating monogamy agreements. We shouldn't just assume because we're in a relationship with somebody that it is monogamous, nor should we assume that what they mean by monogamy mm-hmm. is what we mean by monogamy. Uh, ladies, when you are going out with somebody... And you get to that point where sort of I think it's a weirdly British thing where you're going out for a bit and then suddenly you introduce them to your friends or they introduce you to their friends. And one or other of you says, this is my boyfriend slash girlfriend. And you go, oh, we are now boyfriend and girlfriend. And suddenly all this stuff comes with it, including that you're not going to sleep with other people. Mm. Have you ever then sat down and had a conversation about what do we mean by being in a monogamous relationship? Do you want to yeah, you can. Nah. So, so for me, it's been slightly different as I've got older. Uh, it hasn't been, ooh, that moment when you say we're boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. The conversation around are we sleeping with other people happens a lot sooner because yeah. it's at the forefront of my mind as um, a question. And so that question comes in quite quickly, especially at the point where I then start having sex with someone. Um, I have an interesting relationship with monogamy. I'm not convinced there is one person that you find or I will find for the rest of my life that I want to be with forever and ever and ever. I think 10 years is a good innings. Very good stretch, yeah. Yeah. So I also think that I would want to be really, really angry if my partner had sex with someone else because it's a violation of our relationship and it's disrespectful. But I know there's a part of me that would understand the context if I was in an environment and I was just energetically drawn to someone and we had a moment, I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. And so I, my, what I'm told, how I, my brain tells me there's a way I should behave and actually my heart tells me that 
I do just think we have one life and if I was in a room with a really hot guy <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I was in a relationship with another hot guy and I wanted to do something with that hot guy I don't know if I wouldn't not mm. do that thing could be just deemed as a bit greedy <laughs> it could be <laughs> but and, and so these are the things I think about and, and these are the conversations that I have yes I have with somebody where you said actually I just want you to know that this is a possibility that could happen I have actively discussed yes open relationships and how they feel about open relationships and how I feel about open relationships some guys just completely don't get it at all yeah. some guys oh go say oh that's great because I can still have a relationship with someone else and then they but then they forget it means the same thing for me and then they go oh no I don't, I don't like that um and some guys get it that on the journey of a long relationship actually it's a conversation that you want to have and you should be checking in more regularly and that's why I'm excited I'm dating someone now and we have an open conversation around we should just check in regularly that we look at each other and want to be with each other yeah. and at the point where either of us doesn't or there's someone else I'd rather we were honest and have that conversation uh, a robot no I know we're going to come on to that. I'm not here for the robots, but I, I, I could understand. But I think, the thing is, I think with monogamy is, is uh, there's a there's a lot of drivers that cause people to be non-monogamous, and some of them are smart, intelligent conversations where you're like, actually, it's a moment, uh, you know, an adult. But then there's some people who are doing that because of their own, yeah. I don't know, they want that validation or they're not feeling desired by their partner. Or, yeah, yeah. So it's driven by, not from a place of I'm going to make this decision because this is a moment of chemistry, and but it it's driven by other things that then means that they end up regretting that, that then jeopardise their relationship. I don't know how you can agree to this. I think you can I think you can want to be monogamous. I think you can be ambitious about being monogamous, but I think that that there's so much research out there now that we are not a we are not no actually animal. Monogamous. There's like one animal or one thing on this planet that is actually monogamous and everything else isn't. Don't and we're they not die actually wired that way. Have sex. That dolphins. I don't know. We'll ask. We've got a relationships expert, relationships expert joining us, relationship expert and host of the Baggage Reclaim podcast. Natalie Lou is on the phone. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Harriet. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thank you. So l- let's start with what I'm going to say is a simple question. It's not a simple question. What do we mean about by the word monogamy? Well, typically, when we think of a monogamous relationship, it means that you are in a relationship together. Uh, Ideally, it's a mutually fulfilling relationship and you are faithful to each other. So you're only with each other. And so anything else outside of that, i.e. if you're sleeping with other people, you know, uh, particularly if it's on the quiet, it means you're continuing to date while you're actually still in a relationship. And so that is non-monogamous. It's quite interesting listening to uh, what you guys are saying because I actually, when you talked about that's the quintessential English experience of you go to meet each other's friends and you go, oh, uh, how should I introduce you? That's exactly what happened with me and my now husband. (laughs) Uh, You know, I think it was on our second or third official uh, date and we were going to a party and he was like, "Uh, I think I'm going to introduce you as my girlfriend. And boom. That's, you know, <laughs> where it started from. Um, it, it's quite fascinating because at the start of this, you were saying about how attitudes towards monogamy have changed and how monogamy, how it used to be, isn't quite the same as what it is now. Mm. I think that people's attitudes towards monogamy have very much to do with their values and 
uh, how they were brought up and messages that they've picked up along the way about uh, commitment, about uh, you know being faithful, about what monogamy means. And what I found fascinating was this idea that, okay, everybody should have an agreement. But I think we all kind of really do know what monogamous means. <laughs> but <laughs> do we, though? Because one of the things that I find yeah. is really interesting is... Um, you know, Nat and I have had this discussion before. So, like for me, if my other half has a really good female friend and he goes over to their over to that female friend's house for dinner, I am very chilled about that. I That's not, fine. Yeah. Nat, absolutely Mm-mm. not. No. No. no, 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 no. And so, intrinsically, we already have different ideas about what monogamy is, and yet. Do we need to have that kind of level of in-depth discussion up front? For clarity, you can go out for dinner with a female friend. You cannot go to her see, house very where specific. she cooks for you and you eat her food yeah, that's, in I that space. That's, that's no. a little strange, I think. I mean, I, I, it's in, I think the whole... One of the things I say to people is that cause I hear from a hell of a lot of people who believe that they are in a relationship. And I said... Did you actually have a conversation about this? Is this something that is out in the open between the two of you? Mm. Did you mutually agree that you're in a relationship? And 99% of the time, these people who are now coming to talk to me about their issues, they just assumed that they were in a relationship. And then the next thing is that when issues come up further down the line about, for instance, monogamy, is that they assume, like you guys mentioned, that one person's idea of what constituted a relationship or what was acceptable was the same as the others, which actually an open and ongoing dialogue does need to happen. So at the point where two people be, agree to be in a relationship, I always say it's a good idea to make sure you're actually on the same page about what a relationship means. Because I hear from the people who go, oh, yeah, yeah, um, they, they, yeah they said that like we're in a relationship. And then a month or so, well, actually, it turns out that, um, yeah, you know, he's actually still sleeping uh, with other people. And I said, well, obviously you need to have a conversation about what each of your ideas are about a relationship. Because if you're not on the same page, you're not in the same relationship. Well, I'm going to ask, uh, well, we're going to discuss what page sex robots are on in a minute after this break. <laughs> the Vampire Strikes Back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. We are talking monogamy and when or when not something is monogamous. We've got Natalie Lou, relationships expert, on the phone. Now, you've got a question. I do. So, I think this is, you know, I, I do think people need to have conversations and almost have some kind of monogamy agreement because things really have changed. And reading through some of these case studies in a couple of maybe a month ago we had um the cmo of ashley madison on the phone Mm -hmm. and he made a very compelling case for why married people might want to have an affair uh, with another married person where actually it's just about that one-off interaction and not leaving the other half and i think people should have a conversation about what is the line of when someone goes too far so uh, the case studies we've got here, we've got Mort's wife, Anne felt deceived when she discovered that Mort and, his, Mort and his buddies went to a strip club on their golfing trip. Because he didn't get a, a lap dance, he didn't feel like he needed to tell Anne, and obviously Anne was really upset. Where is that on the line in terms of conversation? But also, um, flirtatious emails with a stranger on the internet. Sexting. 
uh, feeling attracted sexually to another person, looking at another person when you're with your other half, or even if you're not with your other half, but staring at someone you, you find attractive, watching pornography alone. There's a spectrum. What it, what each person finds um, disrespectful really is it, it's blurry. And I, I, I think if you start a relationship without having these conversations, it's very easy to get hurt very quickly. Natalie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, 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 so you're saying to you, over to you, Natalie. I'm like, so how, where Where's do we go line? from here? Where's the line? Well, I mean, those things that you listed up there, there's some big variances uh, in there. So, for instance, uh, messaging flirtatiously with somebody online. Many people, not all, would perceive that as emotional cheating. Some people say that that actually feels worse for them. Mm than it would if, say, their partner went out and had sex with somebody once. Now, of course, somebody else would turn around and go, no, 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 I prefer if they were messaging somebody than they actually went and had sex. But it just goes to show that there are such variances, the, the pornography issue, which is not everybody. Obviously, there are a lot of people out there that do watch pornography, but obviously sometimes people don't want their partner to be, to be watching that. And what happens is, yes, you could start the relationship off by going, well, I don't like this, and I don't like this, and I don't want you to do this, and I don't want you to do that. And that may have its uses to a certain degree, but it depends on what stage of the relationship that you're at. And it can sound like you're sort of listing off everything that you don't like or things that you're afraid of being hurt about um, and trying to, I don't know, force a person to disclose anything, I don't know, what's the word, unsavory about them up front. Whereas if you're having a sort of an ongoing dialogue and, uh, and you, you encourage the person to be open and you're, you're trying to build up, you know, this sort of love, care, trust and respect between the two. So this intimacy, you are going to be having conversations and going, oh, actually, I'm surprised that you're doing that, but OK. Or actually, no, I don't particularly like that. I think that there are some obvious things. So. Uh, some of the examples that you gave there, um, so uh, did you say what about um, flirting uh, in public with somebody? Yeah, yeah. I mean, whether you're with your partner or not, uh, I hear from a lot of people who they've been out with their partner and their partner is rubbernecking somebody else. It's really disrespectful to to do that. It's like, what, you couldn't wait till at least I got up and went, <laughs> went to the bathroom <laughs> or something. But it's like, hold on a second, you're out with me. And you're eyeballing other people here. There's a, there's, a, there's a disrespect, I think, that's going on there. Mm. Um, Emma. But, but also, so if you're with your partner and you can see the interactions and you can obviously have a conversation and go, you know, I find that disrespectful when you do that. But there's a lot of stuff here that you could deem as cheating. The reality yeah. is you don't know. You are not in your partner's head. You don't know how they're interacting with another human being. You don't even know if they've cheated on you on a Saturday night. So making the agreement is kind of ridiculous because you would never know. Exactly. I disagree. Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't know. All no. you can do is go, right, I don't know what they're up to. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But if I catch them doing cheating on me or I find out they slept with someone else, then it's over or whatever I want it to be. No, so I'm saying have the conversation up front. So this so it goes back to the conversation I was saying about having an open relationship. I share what I deem to be the sort of relationship that I want to have. And that includes the sort of sex that I want to have, how I want to feel, what my insecurities are, um, 
and it's a it's a it's a two way conversation. And so and you think you. you think it's a two way conversation, but you have absolutely no, no idea. But I'm asking them as well. And so then there's a kind of this is what's acceptable, and this is what isn't acceptable. And this these this these are the gray areas. So if this was to happen, I would need to work out how I feel based on yeah. the scenario because I just don't know in that moment. Um, and then so it's, I it's have on a the scenario table. for yeah. you. Okay. Uh, your partner masturbating does that count as cheating? No. No. Right. So your partner having sex with a sex robot. Oh god. Does that oh, count god. as because cheating? Because you're weird. It's, it doesn't count as cheating. It basically says to me that you're weird because you'd rather have sex with a robot than have yeah. sex with me. Or I, I don't know. I'm like, hang on. You're just saying you wouldn't necessarily mind if your partner had sex with someone else. So why does it matter if it was a robot? Because it's weird. How could you get off to a robot? I just don't get it. It's like That's so sterile. Issues. Yeah. Oh. Intimacy issues coming up there. I actually want the episode of 30 Rock I'm, I'm re-watching that now at the moment and it was an episode with James Franco where he's basically in a relationship with a Japanese uh, manga pillow I think it is and he's taking the pillow yeah he does and basically he's, he's, he's uh, his agent arranges for him to have one of these show relationships because he doesn't want to draw attention to the fact that he's in this relationship with a pillow. And, oh and apparently this is a thing. I actually thought it was, they were joking about it, but there are actually people who have these pillows and it's got like, you know, these manga uh, figures. Yeah, you know, it's on manga it. porn, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and they take the pillow out with them. And so the idea was to have this show Weird. relationship. Wow. But, Weird. But, but, but I get the whole, I say to people that it's so important to, to actually have an open and ongoing dialogue, not just about monogamy, but actually where the real intimacy of showing each other who you are mm -hmm. so that you can build your relationships on that foundation. And I get the whole being honest and upfront about actually this is the type of relationship that I want to be in because unless you, you mutually agree that you're in that relationship over time, you're going off in different directions. And the thing is, you need to get a sense of whether you share the same core values. Now, if, for instance, and I hear again this all the time, people say, actually, my values are that it's really important for me to be in a relationship with somebody who just wants to be with me. That's fine. But why are you in a relationship with somebody who wants to sleep around with everybody else? You have two entirely different sets mm -hmm. of, of values in that area. And so I remember last year I went to a talk where... There was a discussion about uh, polyamory and uh, swinging and all the rest. And I said, what people have to do is they have to know themselves. So, and, and that's what I'm hearing here is that you guys actually know yourself. And so people who know themselves can be pretty honest and upfront about what it is that they want and where they're headed. But what happens is people say to themselves, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally cool with being in an open relationship. I'm totally cool with swinging. And they say it because they're afraid that if they say that they're not, that they're going to miss out on being with this person, that they're going to endanger the possibility. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to sit there gnawing your fingernails apart and shredding yourself with anxiety night after night because you're wondering who your partner's with, where they're, who they're sleeping with, you're competing with somebody else, mm -hmm. that's messed up. And also <laughs> Natalie, I love you. I'm gonna to have to stop you there. But if you want more of Natalie's wisdom, do check out our podcast or our website, Baggage Reclaim. She is brilliant and I just everything I know good about relationships, basically I learned from Natalie Lou. She's amazing. The Vampire Strikes Back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are talking all things poker, uh, which allows me to very excitingly talk about my favorite ever story when I won a Hermes Birkin bag oh, in a poker did. game. You did. How Have you still got that? Have you sold it yet? Uh, no, I flogged it. Uh, <laughs> so we are talking to UK's leading female poker player, Liv Bory. Hi, Liv. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. So you say there are lessons that poker teaches you that apply to all of life. Tell us what they are. Uh, sure. So um, let me think. So obviously some of the, you know, the classic things people think of when, when they think of poker is about like reading body language and spotting when people are bluffing you and lying and so on. And so it can definitely help train you. Uh, to, to sort of look for what the things that humans do when they're being deceitful. Um, but what I find actually more useful is sort of the way it teaches you to um, put aside your own desires and biases. Um, because, you know, like when we, when we really want to believe that something is true, then we'll yeah. look for all, you know, we'll sort of focus on all the evidence that confirms that belief and forget about or overlook all the evidence that doesn't confirm it. And so, you know, if you do that in poker, that's extremely dangerous. If I want to look for all the reasons why someone might be bluffing me uh, because my cards aren't very good, but I really don't want to lose what I've already got in the pot, um, then I'm going to get myself into a lot of trouble. So, yeah, it sort of teaches you to think about things in a really sort of scientific way. Um, and, you know, that applies to so many parts of life. Is it, is it really a skill, though, poker, or is it just luck? Because, you know, you are dealing out cards. You don't know what cards you're going to get. I'm just being... Yeah, no, for sure. So, so it's both. Um, it basically depends on how long you play for. Like, if you and I sat down, I don't know how good you are, uh, but I'll assume I'm better, I assume I'm better than you. Um, <laughs> Definitely. If you sat down and just played, you know, like 10 hands for, for half an hour or something like that, then, you know, really there's, there's, there's a lot of luck in that. I might only win 52, 53% of the time. But if we played for a week straight and played 100,000 hands or something like that, then I would expect to win around 95, 96% of the time. So, so it's basically, you know, the more, the more 
opportunities you have to play, then the bigger the, the skill factor comes. Um, but over any given night, then there's a lot of luck. So it's a bit of both. But is that not also then the life skill, right? With everything that we do in life, the more you sit at the table and are willing to play, whether it's getting up on the stage and speaking for the first time or mm-hmm. uh, being on the radio or asking for a pay rise, you sit at the table and it becomes easier with practice and you do it over and over and over over again um, until you know, the thing you ask for, it becomes easier to get the yes. That's the connection mm-hmm. that I make in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like like with anything, the more work you put into it, the more experience you get, uh, then the better your sort of performance, you know, the quality of your decisions are and so on. And so then with time, then you sort of, the, you can you can turn luck to your advantage. But that, that doesn't mean that, of course, there will still always be unlucky things that can happen to us in life. You know, I can sit and play perfectly and still get my aces cracked. And that's just the nature of the game. And that's also the nature of life. Sometimes it throws us curveballs and, and bad luck too. Liv, if I want to get into poker playing, and I'm thinking <laughs> there's probably a lot of men playing poker, <laughs> as there is in most things, most yeah. things lots of men. Where do, where do you go to play poker? Like, Do I have to go to a casino to play it? Where do I go? Um, so, so you've got many options. You can, if you want to play in person, uh, then you can probably just go to your local casino and usually they'll have poker games going. Um, make sure that you play, you know, real poker where you're playing against other people as opposed to uh, these like pretend poker games that some casinos have where you're just actually playing against the house. You don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, so go to your casino and there'll be there'll be poker games going there. Um, but honestly, I think the best way for anyone to learn um, is by playing online. So I'm a member of um, what's called Team Poker Stars, and Poker Stars has free um, free free games basically where you can play against real people but from your computer. So I, I, I love just playing um, you know, in my pyjamas at home. I don't have to go out and look anyone in the face. And, um, and then once you get to a stage where you feel comfortable playing for money, then you can play for real money too. Um, Do they teach you? Do these online things? Because that's the other thing as well. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I kind of know, but like, ha- is it easy to pick up playing poker just sat at a table at a casino or do you have to do a bit of homework before you do that? I mean, I would recommend reading the rules first. Um, there's like, you know, there's so much information out there now. Like there's, there's, I think there's a YouTube video of me giving a poker tutorial. Um, If you search my name and poker tutorial, you'll find it. Um, it's very cheesy, but, um, (laughs) you know, the the point is, is that there's so many resources out there that will explain the rules, but then at, at some point, you know, you've got to learn by doing. Um, and you know, the key thing is basically like with all things, don't go jumping in too much at the deep end in terms of playing for, for what you're not comfortable with. Don't expect to to win. You might win early on, but it's probably that you're just getting lucky. Don't expect to be good quickly. Yeah. That's often a mistake people make is that they, they think they've got a talent really early on in the game when possibly they're just getting getting Get lucky. Luck. What's the best prize or the most amount of money you've won then? Um, the most I've ever won in one go uh, was 1.25 million euros. Are um, you saying... Yeah. that is amazing oh my god i am watching your tutorial tomorrow um yeah it was a really good week oh my word yeah okay. it was a tournament um in in italy about oh geez it was nearly it was nine years ago now and have you um, lost all that money did you gamble I have say, it yeah what's the, yeah. what's the most you've lost on one hand at <laughs> one point one million um in one i mean in one one tournament i think the biggest the, you know, the biggest amount I've ever personally lost was around 
Ooh. But, you know, usually I try to be pretty cautious with how much I, you know, in, invest of myself um, into into any game games that you play. Because, it's, you know, it's like anything. If you're playing, if, you, if you're investing in the stock market and so on, you'd be really stupid to go and put all of your money into one stock and so on. You need to diversify. And, and the same thing goes with, with poker or, or anything that you want to do. If, you, if you're going, if you wanted to pick up, take up golf, be really stupid to go and buy yourself a five thousand pound set of golf clubs if you don't even know if you you know what you're really doing and if you like it. You no, know, you want to sort of start off small and slowly build up can, as can, and when your your bankroll can support it. Can you legitimately just live off playing poker? Is with there is there just a kind of a, a a rule of luck that if you're playing enough games you should win enough money of where you could probably just play poker as your job? Well so only if you're better on average than the people that you're playing against. Mm-hmm. So no, not anybody can. Um, and I, I mean, the game is also much, much harder now than it used to be sort of 10 and 15 years ago when I first started playing it because just, again, because of the internet and so on, there's so much, there's so many more resources out there for people to learn really fast. Um, so it's, it's definitely harder to like earn a pure living from. Um, I'm not, you know, it's not my main thing that I do now as well. I do some other things. Um, but it is technically possible, uh, but it's, it's, it's only a very small percentage of people out of all the people that play. Most people just play um, as, you know, for, as a pastime because they enjoy it, they, they learn something from it and so on. And that to me is what the game's about. It's about you should be going to have fun. And if you win some money, then, then you do. But no, it is obviously, it's possible. Like if you, if you are the best, then yeah, over the long run, you'll expect to, you could live off it for sure. Oh, I think I've just discovered a new hobby. <laughs> Liv, you've also given a TED Talk, which has been viewed over 2 million times. Um, yeah. Why do you think it has connected with so many people? Um, I think because, honestly, poker is, like, it, it's such a popular game. Um, and it's, because to me, it's like the ultimate game of wits. It's got a little bit of something for everybody. For people who, you know, love being all about sort of intuition and reading people's souls. Well, there's obviously a lot of that. Um, but or if you're in, really into sort of maths and, and, and analysis and calculations, then there's tons of that and so on. So it's got all these, or if you're like into psychology, it's another part of it. Um, so I just think it's just got such a mass appeal. And then obviously we've seen it in, in you know, lots of films and so on. It's become really popularized. So um, it's just the, it's a game that I think the majority of people at least know the rules to these days. Um, so maybe that's why. Are more women playing? Yes. Um, It's improved a ton since I, you know, first started playing. Back then, I mean, I would often be the only woman in a tournament of 100, 200 people. Whereas these days, you know, it's more like 90%, 10%, or even 80, 20. Um, And so it's a really good good sign. It's definitely moving in in a more balanced direction. Um, But that said... This, I still think we should be seeing more ladies playing. Um, there's, there's certainly no reason why women can't play and and you know succeed and be great at the game, um, because again, it's a game of the mind. There's nothing there's nothing physical about it. Liv, finally, what's your favourite hand? What do you like to be dealt? Aces. <laughs> <laughs> Two aces. You know, I, I, I don't. I try not to have superstitions. I don't think they serve any real purpose. Um, you know, I just. 
I, I go with what the math says and ace is the best <laughs> Liv thank you so much for joining us Liv Rory, one of the UK's top poker players one two three four this has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.